You are listening to the Physio Accelerator Podcast with Trish Wisby-Roth. Now, as a young physio, and particularly in that first year as a new grad, meeting your new patients for the very first time and having to build a relationship with them, one, while they're in pain, two, when they're anxious, and three, that they may have had failures before and not be confident they're in the right place, can set up several barriers before you've even started uh, your physio consult. So even before that new patient is there, there are things that you can do so that when you take them into your room and and you get as far as your um, objective assessment, you can have taken away many of those barriers so that by the time you've done your assessment and treatment, they leave and rebook. If you set yourself up right and the relationship with your patient not only will they leave feeling more positive and optimistic, which can help their pain along with physically what you've done to help them with their pain and function, but they'll feel that you care, that they found the right place, that that they're on the right road, and you have such a, a better chance of getting them to commit to rehab strategies in the short, medium and long term. So how do we do that? And some of these suggestions are, are how, you, how you can even set up your room, excuse me, <clears throat> how you can set up your room for success. I think if you are using predominantly one room, it's ideal to have a picture of, if you've been in any sporting team, a picture of yourself or, you know, a picture of you at your graduation or any iconic sports photos of of your number one iconic athlete, all of those things um, without having to say anything, display your personality, your likes, your accomplishments. And it's wonderful to have things around that that display your personality. It gives a warmth to the room. Always have your certificates framed and either hanging in your room or hanging in the in the hallway or waiting room that they have to walk past to get to your room. Seeing your physio's certificate or qualifications up on a wall while it's a subliminal thing, it builds confidence. It builds that you have an authority. And if, like many growing number of physios, you have several degrees, so a sports science degree, or you know, you've done a PT degree before your physio, don't underestimate how important those other certificates are. Because if that patient has come for physiotherapy. Very often people have a narrow concept of what physio is, that 
they've got pain and they've come to the physio to get rid of the pain. Excuse me. <coughs> However, if they do see you've also done exercise science or you were a PT trainer previously and you've got certificates for that, it starts in a subliminal way thinking, oh, wow, this guy or this person is more than just going to fix, help me with my pain. Wow, maybe I can actually get, you know, my golfing handicap lower if he's also good at at, you know, exercise science. So it really builds confidence that the patient is in the right place. And even um, uh, certificates from continuing professional development. Uh, In the olden days when I, I wasn't running courses through the APA, we had really nice paper with, and we put, you know, a gold stamp on it and and it was nice, almost calligraphy writing on our certificates for our intense two-day courses. And even now with the APA, they do provide really nice um, certificates at the end of it. The courses that you really have been inspired by and that, that go along your area of interest and and what you want to be good at you know put them in a nice frame and put them up and it shows that wow okay that person's done a course on on getting the best out of you know hips and optimizing you know dynamic rehab and when they see your name and that course name and they're there for a hip problem well they absolutely feel that they're in the right place so setting up your room I think is um, a really important step and something you can work on and talk to your practice owner in those early days when when you're not so busy the second point I want to talk about is greeting the patient now I always find our admin staff are incredibly good at this making making a new patient feel warm feeling welcomed but you have to also create that warmth they don't want to have the warmth from from the admin staff and then you stand at your doorway and wiggle a finger and say, okay, come in. Um, It's really important, I think, with your first time you meet a patient, walk all the way out to the waiting room and if it's allowed, COVID times, shake their hand and ask a personal caring question like, did you find find the practice easy enough? How was the parking? Um, have you been here before? How was the traffic? Anything like that, that that shows that you care about how his experience or the new patient's experience has been to date. And if they, if they display any agitation or any problems they've had, such as, oh, I got lost and I couldn't find the practice or I had trouble finding parking, we have fantastic uh, front staff and at our practice. And one of the things I'll then say is, um, Jordan, 
Mr Jones had trouble getting here and got lost, could you just have a little look at on Google Maps on the the most direct route for him to get home um, and print that out for him so we have that? Or if parking was a real issue, Jordan, could you just print out a street map of the area and just highlight where there's some good parking so Mr Jones doesn't have that that problem? And you know, keep that in mind so that when you're rebooking them, you walk them all the way out to the front desk and you say, Jordan, Mr. Jones had real problems with traffic because he's coming from so-and-so. Could we find a time uh, that that will work best outside of the maximal traffic times if possible? And those, just those caring things before you've taken them in Already, the patient will feel that you care about them as a whole person and they are in the right place. When you walk the patient into the room, it doesn't have to be the first question, but very early on, a really pivotal question is to say, what would you like to get out of our session today? Now, it may sound simple because you've already decided if they've come in with knee pain that out of this session, they want to get on top of them knee pain. But in actual fact, it's really important for them to verbalise what they would like to get out of the session and you work towards that specific goal. And you can often be surprised what their answer is to that question. So Mr. Jones, I'm here to help you. Let me know what you want to get out of this session as the first priority and you will have won them over. But it's interesting, some patients will focus on pain and they'll say, oh, I've got this pain and it's really annoying me. I need to get on top of the pain. But it's just as often they may say, well, I want to understand why I'm getting this issue, why it's occurred and what I can do to stop it happening, particularly if it's a recurrent. Others may say, well, I want some strategies and exercises so I can minimise this problem in the future. Or as a specialist physio, I often get people saying, I want to look at what my options are. Um to improve my performance or possibly what my options are about trialling rehab or a exercise strategy before or after going straight to surgery or if if surgery uh, what its um, type of success rate is for the particular condition that they have and their age group, their sport, their history, their job. So getting that idea of what is their major priority of getting out of this session, if you can at least assess that, do some treatment and give an a, a exercise strategy towards it and put that down at, as you know, a key goal and then start by the start having short, medium, long-term goals, you will get significant buy-in.
from the patient. They have to go out after that initial assessment knowing, one, you care about them, two, you treat them as a whole person, and three, that you know what their goals are, where they want to go, and that you're planning between now and the next session some real strategies that will help them get there. Now, in your subjective assessment, try to ask open-ended questions that tell you about the, the person themselves. So by asking open-ended questions, you get a real flavour of what's important to them, um, what, what sports they enjoy, um, how active they are, what they like to do in their free time, how their pain is affecting all of those things. And it gives you a way in to link how what is happening to them now and, and their experience of whatever is happening, how it's influencing their, their relationships. So how is it influencing them at work? How is it influencing their family life? How is it influencing their social life and how, it, how is it influencing their recreational activities? These are real relationship building questions and also it gives you key insight. You know, they've got three children, 10, 8 and 6. If you put that down, for many sessions you've got things to chat about so what school do the kids go to? What are their sports? What are they good at? What are they interested in? How is their soccer team going? If you have those kind of relationship knowledge, you also can build a rapport because you know the person as a whole. I think it's important to find out what sports and hobbies they do enjoy and if this in injury is interrupting those activities. If it is, the psychosocial effects of it affecting work, home life, social life, hobbies is quite significant and can create anxieties or depression. So being able to use those as a goal and give them, a, aiming to give them a strategy of getting on top and back to those life activities that, that give them enjoy, enjoyment really um, can short fuse much of the social, you know, psychosocial anxiety that comes with, with an injury. And what I often say is if someone comes in and they're depressed because of their injury, if you can give them support and give them um confidence that they're on the right path that can really help if they come in and they're very anxious about what's happening to them and their problem if you can give them a game plan and you say okay this is where we're going to start this is the way we're going you know if we hit any hurdles these are our issue these this is is our backup plan people with anxiety if you give them a game plan that again can really short circuit the, the negative psychosocial effects, which can only positively influence the pain that they're experiencing. Um, 
as I said, it's really important to ask about the children, the ages, if they're in a relationship, um, if they do play sport, how often, what position they play, and if the current injury has influenced how they can play that sport, doing the lawns at home, doing the gardening, or being able to drive and be socially active. I think they're all really important things to know about the person early on. And I, even if they're a work-related injury, you will set up a great rapport if you ask the person first about how it's affecting them as an individual, how it's affecting them in with their social life, their ADL and their family life, before you then go on to discussing um, how it is affecting them in, in their work, what their work duties are, and any concerns they're having at work. It's not that it's less important, but it just builds up that you're concerned and going to work with the whole person. Over the time of the initial assessment, try to find three or four things that you can connect with the client on a personal level. Be that the sports they like may be similar to yours, or they may be a similar sport, but you go for different clubs. Um, area where they live, areas that they may um, be involved in in their job and find four things and I actually write them down. Three kids, you know, likes, bulldogs, um, plays, touch football in Hurstville. So that when you come back to it, you've got things that you can talk about and job. One of the other important things is, I think, as far as setting up your goals early on, is um, volume of things. So if things are, they're struggling at home doing something, how much can they do before they get symptoms? Or with their work activities, what activities can they do and which ones really concern them? And this also sets up your exercise strategy. So if they can, at work, they're coping with walking around, bending, um, lifting up to five kilos, but when they're having to do repetitive lifting from the ground in these certain jobs that flares their pain, it gives you a really good um, goal to be able to start setting up what your goals of rehab will be. As far as sports injuries, how much they are currently loading their injury or how much they were loading their injury when they were injured is very important because a whole pacing strategy is going to be pivotal to um, designing a progressed loaded program for their sports injury. So load, particularly if it's a sporting injury, is really important to know because if possible, it's best to moderate what activity they can 
can do rather than saying stop everything. And if you can find out the load, maybe they on a bike, you know, heels really flare them, but they could do a cycle in the park with their children and that would be okay. So it, I think load is also really important to get early on. Hey guys, Phil here. Just taking a quick break to let you know that if you wanted to leave any comments or ask any questions, you can do that at the Physio Accelerator Facebook page. This is also where we host our live Q&As with Trish Rizby-Roth once a month. Before we get back to the show, I'm just going to hear a quick word from our sponsors at Astor Australia. Astor Australia, where you can find Australia's widest and best range of physiotherapy and allied health product. Our complete range of consumables and equipment mean that professionals can spend more time with their clients than on the phone ordering the next batch of products. Download the app, pick up the phone or visit one of our branches today. Now towards um, the end of your initial subjective chatting and, and setting up a really um, positive relationship, it's really important to set up these these key goals that come from the individual. If they are um, a workers' comp uh, patient, I try to set up th- at least three goals. One, a work-related goal, what they, what they need to get back to, that they feel is important for them to get back to, that, that worries them currently. Then... Um, a ADL or lifestyle goal. What do they do at home or around the house that they want to get back to, which really aggravates their symptoms? And finally, a leisure goal. So what do they want to get back to doing in their free time or on their weekends that they're not doing at the moment because of their their problem? Now, With those three things, you'll be able to then, with your exercise program, you have a really good template of the loading, the movement patterns, and uh, the intensity of the activities that are very important to them that they need to get back to. So I think that that is really important. If you have time... Before you've brought the patient in, uh, it's really good to look at the initial form, the new patient form that the patient has filled out. I've had patients say to me when they've been taken in to the room and I'll say to them, oh, Mr. Jones, you know, I see that you've You've had, you've had this problem before and you've been to our clinic before three years ago or I see you've had this problem before but you've been somewhere else or I see that you've been referred by Dr Jones. He's a, he's a great doctor. We, we, we communicate with him quite a lot. That is really... You see them relax into the chair because you already know some of the information that that they feel is important for their recovery. And I've had patients say to me, you are the first person who, when I write all that information down on the new patient form, 
you're the first physio who's ever actually read it because I go into the room, I've just finished writing it all down and then the physio asks me exactly the same questions that are on the new patient form. So it doesn't take long and if you don't have time on the day, you may find, and our clinic does this, they send out the new patient forms beforehand and ask the patients to email them back. And therefore, if you've got a spare moment the evening before and you see there's a new patient, you can quickly look up the um, new patient forms. So I think that that is, is really important. And also assume that your patient, even though they're a new patient to to you, they may have knowledge and insight into the condition that they're now experiencing and and how it responds to treatment. For example, um, it's important to ask if it's not down anywhere, is this the first time you've you've had this condition? And if it if they have had it before, is it exactly the same? Did it happen the same? Did it happen differently? If they have had treatment previously at the same clinic or a different clinic, ask them how they felt that treatment went. Were there things that they felt really worked for them? And was there anything that flared them up or they didn't like it in their previous experience? Note that down. If they have been to another practice or this practice had something like heavy massage or dry needling and they really felt that it flared them up in their previous experience, absolutely don't pick that as your first go-to strategy. You've got to listen to what their knowledge of, of their condition is and make sure at least not to do the things that they felt flared them up last time. And they'll often have insight, do you know, things like, yes, I've hurt my back again. And last time when, when the physio laid me on my stomach and pushed on, on the joints in my back, I couldn't sleep all night. Then pick another position. Don't lay them on their stomach to treat them. You know, make sure even if you have to change your positions and you can treat them in side lying, you can, you know, even treat them in um, in sitting or, you know, over lots of pillows, but don't do the things that they have told you will provoke them. I think it's important to... Um, by the end of that initial treatment session, set up your treatment goals. So what you aim to do with hands-on treatment, with some exercises, where you want to progress their rehab strategies. And you don't have to do it in, the, in this initial assessment, but what I'll say to them is by the time you come back, we'll have, now I know, you know, what are the key things you want to get back to? And we can see how you respond over the next short term of a month. We'll set up some short, medium and long term goals. And I think it gives you time between the sessions to just jot down short term being the first four weeks, 
um, medium term being you know four to eight weeks and then long term is what they can do for themselves and a independent rehab program and pacing strategies and in those stages you're able to put down a couple of you know psychosocial goals such as in the short term aim to improve their sleeping if their pain is disturbing their sleeping um, put down if they like hands-on treatment then you know that can be in those first four weeks when research shows it's probably the most effective and then by four weeks you're decreasing how much hands-on and really it's by four weeks you should be increasing how much you're focusing on uh, progressed functional exercises uh, pacing programs um psychosocial strategies and building up strength um, and functional endurance in the movement patterns that they need. If they express a dislike for hands-on treatment as they easily flare or they're very sensitised, really hear that. And even though you may like doing some manual therapy, if the patient doesn't like it, use a hands-off approach. There is so much you can do with educating them, changing their movement patterns, building up confidence, showing them how to do exercises that down-regulate down overactivity, stretches that may help relieve pain. So start off with a hands-off approach if they are nervous about having manual therapy at all. And this way, the, the patient will really feel like they have been heard and that the rehab prog program, while they go off after the initial assessment, they feel confident that you're going to work on the solutions for them so that when they come back for that second session, you've got some short, medium, long-term plans. You will get such a difference in their commitment to the program and have very positive effects not just on how they will respond to to the treatment physically as far as manual therapy or muscle length or muscle strength but also psychosocially their confidence their their um, belief that they're in the right place they're going in the right direction and truly that has huge mind and body effects so hopefully these give you some ideas of really from early on setting up um, you, the relationship with your new patient for a really effective long-term um, relationship to optimise your um, clinical outcomes. Thank you for listening to the Physio Accelerator podcast. If you'd like to find out more about what we do, head to thephysioaccelerator.com. While you're there, don't forget to sign up for our email list for more great insights from Trish and information about our upcoming courses. Before you go, if you think of a friend or a colleague who would benefit from listening to this podcast, make sure you send it their way. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.